0: Hello and welcome to another season of high school sports coverage at the Columbian. Uh, this is Micah Rice, the Columbian sports editor, and uh, we're launching our first podcast of the season today. Uh, with me are reporters Meg Wachnick and Andy Bueller. We have uh, you know a lot of excitement going into this season. Um, we stayed busy through the summer. Some of us took a a vacation every now and then, but uh, we're ready to roll. And uh, so are uh, teams for football and the other fall sports around Clark County. So uh, we'll just jump right into it. This Friday is the opening of the high school football season and uh, as we've written about uh, leading up to it the the uh, strikes at different school districts will not affect athletics going uh, forward at this time so Friday night lights are on and uh, uh, Andy and Meg uh, will both be out at uh, at games this uh, this Friday. Um, Andy you get to go on the road Uh, uh, while we look ahead to uh, seeing Camas going up north to uh, face Lincoln, which is a, a storied program up yeah, in that area.
1: We're starting off with a bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be a really good early test for Camus. Um, they they like to load up that non-league schedule, and um, they certainly did it in a, in a Lincoln team that returns a ton of really solid guys. Uh, I was uh, John Eagles was saying today that they have, I think, seven players over 300 pounds. Um, they have a sophomore who is, and his name is escaping me at the moment, uh, but he's already picked up a fair share of offers. Um, he, they have him in a slot, um, and his older brother plays on the line as well. Um, the Tacoma News Tribune has one of their offensive linemen as like one of the, their, their top players in the state. Um, and so these are all guys returning from a team that uh, lost in the first round of state last year. Um, and you know, easily won their league, uh, went you know swept the league, and so it should be a good early test for Camus, a good early test for, Camas, a, early test for um, a squad that's replacing a lot of uh, starters. Um, namely, their quarterback Andrew Boyle is stepping into a pretty big stage. Um, week one, that's in his first start, he's going. Up to you know what should make to be a pretty solid home environment, and so uh, you know it, it should be a really interesting test to see you know if if Camus can uh, reload like they like history has uh,
0: said they can. Well, that's the thing about Camus. We've just become used to them always being right at the pinnacle of uh, not not only football in southwest Washington, but uh, around the state. However, they don't bring back anyone with the exception of of Andrew Boyle, who was an all-league kicker. Uh, Basically, everyone who was an all-league honoree from last season graduated. So this is really an unproven Camas team with uh, something to prove. I've seen some early statewide rankings, not the official Associated Press rankings, but some polls by quote-unquote experts don't even have the papermakers ranked, which is the first time in a long time I can remember that. Andy, do you get a sense there's a feeling among Camas that they have, uh, they have some doubters to silence? Well, you know, it,
1: maybe. Um, I think Camas always thinks that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Tacoma News Tribune did their coaches poll today um, where they anonymously polled coaches um, – uh, for each classification and Camus for 4A coaches that they polled had Camus ranked third in state and Union was fifth hmm. so you just you know different coaches see different things in, in a program and you know you can put a lot of I, I think you could put a lot of stock in the way you know Eagle reloads um, we saw last year um, them going into that Coeur d'Alene game and uh you know, being in – I don't – you know, they didn't – they brought back more players than uh, they have this year, or at least no starters. But, you know, they came back and fought and beat Portland, Lane, a team that was, you know, very formidable in, in Idaho and had a four-star athlete of a quarterback who, um, you know, that's that was no easy task. So, um, yeah, I, I guess – I don't know. I didn't really get the sense that they felt like, you know, they had their backs against the wall, um, you know, just more so excited to get the get that test right early in the season. And they, they didn't even do a jamboree. They had a jamboree scheduled last Friday um, with a couple of teams in the Portland area, and it was canceled due to uh, air quality. So they have had limited, um, you know, live action, limited tackling, and yet they still feel like, uh, they're, they're primed to, uh, to give Lincoln a shot.
0: Now, Meg, you're going to see a team out at McKenzie Stadium that also, uh, a couple of teams that are going to get a, a week one test, uh, but let's stay in the 4A union. They uh, maybe surprised a few people in knocking off Camus last year. Uh, they play Mountain View in the opener in a, you know, a game against, uh, it's going to match probably the preseason favorite in the 4A GSHL versus the preseason favorite in the 3A GSHL. And also these are two teams that, well, they, they have a little bit of history there. Yeah. They do. I mean, <laughs> you, you
2: look at last year's game, for example, I'm not sure people projected it to be as close as it was. Uh, Mountain View gave them a, a heck of a game and it was close right up until uh, the final couple of possessions in the fourth quarter. But um, I don't foresee this game uh, being a blowout by any means. I, I think Mountain View is going to give Union all it can handle, um, you know, looking at you know kind of piggybacking on what andy was saying about the statewide rankings there's a number of polls out there that have union number one by quote unquote some experts and it's hard not to argue as union is probably right behind Eastside catholic as far as the most talented teams offensively and defensively combined um, in the state you know you talk about lincoln victor this is third year as a starting quarterback reigning offensive league mvp i mean he makes that offense go he's so explosive and shifty and dynamic Um, There was a recruiting expert I talked to for our high school fall preview section who said he is the most explosive player, not just in the state, but in the Pacific Northwest. And he's a kid who's being recruited by five schools and not even in the quarterback position. He'll probably play a slot receiver, even a special teams guy at the next level. So, um, you know, it's going to be a game that I think will be probably very close in the fourth quarter, will
0: not be a blowout. And you haven't even mentioned Darian Chase yet. I have not, no. And, and Darian,
2: obviously, if you picked up our special section, was our, our cover boy and part of the uh, the special uh, section stories that we focused on. And, you know, it's hard to not say that he is probably in the last maybe 20, 25 years even further that he's the most highly talented recruit, high school recruit to come out of Clark County. So he also has five scholarship offers right now, four of which are from um, Pac-12 schools. Um, he had tentatively set. A commitment date of August 20th, but a couple days up leading before that, he announced on Twitter that he was going to postpone that and keep his option open, and and I reached out to him the next day about it, and he said he probably is going to wait until after the season to commit, just kind of wants to get his senior season uh, done with and then focus on where he wants to go to college.
0: And obviously, it, it's not just a, a quarterback and a receiver that make up uh, a, a good team. Uh, Union has plenty of size on the line and some great athletes all over the field. They do.
2: I think they average about 260, 270 across the board. And, and you think how good they are offensively. No one really talks about how good they are defensively. You look at their front seven. Elijah Juan Taylor will start both ways again like he did last year. Um, he's just a six foot four, 225 pound beast. The the outside linebacker spot. Um, just I think probably when it all said and done, probably three or four guys of their front seven will be playing football on Saturdays. That's that's how good this defense is. So I know everyone gives a lot of hype to the offense, but Union's defense is pretty good too.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really nice... If you're a fan of those those big guys battling in the trenches, that's going to be a game to, to watch because traditionally Mountain View has had a really strong cores of, of linemen. Uh, just in recent years, you have Isaiah Carbajal, Chris Mitchell, guys that have gone on to, to play on Saturdays now. Um, Mountain View, they have the weapons that can, can give a team like Union a test.
2: Absolutely, and you know, looking at their regular season schedule, um, I could see Mountain View realistically going eight and one the regular season, going undefeated for the third straight year in, in the 3A GSHL. And talking with Coach Adam Matheson this summer for our preview section, you know, this is a team he really likes, and it's hard to get a lot of honesty out of out of, uh, of Adam when he talks about his own team. But I could see Mountain View reaching the state quarterfinals. I really do. They've got all the intangibles that you want in a good team. They've got talent, they got size, they've got experience, um, and they've got depth. And one of the things I focused on for their preview story was their depth of their receiving core. They've got a number of returning all-league guys. Jack Mertens was their starting slot receiver last year. Now he's moving in the backfield. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the running for the 3A league MVP honor. You know, that's an honor that Mountain View swept the last couple of years, um, both offensively and defensively. So Union should have quite a special season as well, I think.
0: Well, in Mountain View, uh, they they tr- run a traditional running offense in the wing T. Yet, they've at Coach Matheson has uh, realized that that uh, in in today's game you need to be multifaceted, and so I, I imagine that uh, y- you might see some uh, some little tweaks and and they might air it out a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know their first option it's essentially the the left coast wing T is what Adam runs is really a triple option offense. That first look. Um, from from the snap is to pass, but just they've had so much athleticism at the quarterback spot that you look at Glenn Perry, what he did last year, he was our leading rusher on his way to league MVP honors, so don't be surprised if you see um, Garrett Moen, who's stepping in at quarterback, taking off, and, and not looking to his receivers the first the first shot, so he, he could also have a pretty special year at quarterback.
0: Yeah. In addition to seeing some league title hopefuls, we'll also take a look at a, a few teams that want to, you know, make that leap up and and uh, you know, kind of assert them themselves. I'm going to be out at Kiggins. I'll I'll be um, uh, seeing Washugal versus Hudson's Bay. These are two teams coming off uh, really fine seasons last year. Uh, Hudson's Bay and go both making uh, the postseason. Uh, in, in Hudson's Bay case, uh, they, they snapped a long playoff drought. And so I'll be interested to see how much of that momentum they can keep going. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a different cast of characters every year uh, due to graduation and whatnot. But uh, momentum is a thing in football, not j- just during the season, but year to year. And so uh, I, I'm very excited to, to see kind of which team can stay hot uh, g- coming off of uh, uh, years last year where, where both of them felt good about how everything went.
2: I think one of the teams that could surprise, especially in 3A, Mikey Prairie, and we picked them to finish third. In league. This is a program that the last couple years has really been on the cusp of, of breaking through that into the playoffs, falling short on the Kansas three-way tiebreaker the last two years. But Mike Peck, last year's offensive coordinator, takes over. He's a first-time head coach. Uh, he's the youngest coach in the league. He's only 30 years old, but he's definitely capable of kind of taking that next step with Prairie. And you think of Prairie football tradition-wise, it doesn't have those rich traditions as some of the other um, teams in our area when it comes to postseason success or even making the postseason. But um, I think Prairie is one of the teams to watch for this year.
0: I'm interested, too, in seeing how Hawkinson reloads. Obviously, they uh, they graduated Cannon Racanelli, who really made that team go at, at quarterback. But uh, with his younger brother, Sawyer, who is, uh, as we point out in our uh, fall sports preview section, he's, he's already getting Division I looks. He, he got his first scholarship offer from Oregon State before he even got his driver's license. And uh, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see with a new quarterback out at, at Hawkinson, how uh, how they're able to kind of keep those standards high? They've they've been high for so long out at uh, at Hawkinson, but uh, uh, they get going right away, and uh, with a, you know a trip to Toppenish. And so you hit the road early. It'll be a, a good test for new quarterback, Levi Crum. Uh, Racinelli adjacent, Levi Crum,
1: <laughs> cousin of uh, Sawyer and Cannon. Oh, wow. Stepping up.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's a great position for a new quarterback to be in because he's going to have three returning all-league wide receivers that he can throw to, not just Sawyer Racconelli, but Peyton Brammer, who's 6'5", nearly 200 pounds, and Aiden Mallory. Uh, so th- this team at Hawkinson is still loaded. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It should be a fun uh, battle for the two A Greater Saint Helens League title. I think um, you know Hawkinson comes in as the favorite and deservedly so after a run like last last year, and the weapons they return. But uh, you know Woodland and River, who were yeah at times you know punching up there last season, finished uh, you know one, two, and three. They return heavy senior classes. Um, I think both of them are at least in the in the respective coaches tenures at those schools are the biggest senior classes they've had Um, and so Woodland you know moves over there they're jack-of-all-trades Tyler Flanagan uh, under center and and he's shown uh, that he can air the ball out a little bit he was a wide receiver and and running back last year Um, and so he'll he'll be a a fun dual threat guy Um, who you know won't just be a runner. Woodlands offense, um, they like to air the ball out, and so you know they're they're going to look to Flanagan to, to do that. And so and uh, uh, throughout the spring and the summer, uh, coaches have been surprised at his ability not only to have the strength um, to really air the ball out, but um, the mechanics and just some of the reads. Um, the ability of him to just pick up that offense
2: and he's played quarterback before when he was mm-hmm. before he got to high school and it, it wouldn't surprise me to basically he will he will lead that offense whether you know it starts and ends with with Tyler Flanagan The thing that concerns me about Tyler and he's a fantastic kid a phenomenal athlete comes from a great athletic family his two older siblings are, are both college athletes now um, He's going to start at quarterback. He's going to start at safety. He's going to be their punt and kickoff return specialist. He's going to be their holder. And so um, I think injury is maybe the, the biggest key in, in making sure he stays healthy. He had an ankle injury last year, I believe. If I remember right, he missed two games with that. Um, and so if, if Tyler can stay healthy, I think uh, a lot of big things will be seen from Woodland.
0: Well, and also we talk about the top of the 2A greater St. Helens League. Uh, you know, We mentioned Washugo wanting to kind of punch their way up and, and be in the mix, uh, but, but also uh, River is going to be a really interesting team to watch, not just because they have uh, uh, the, the, the numbers on their roster that are maybe more befitting a, a 3A or a 4A team, but that depth extends to quarterback where they have uh, two, it's basically not a, a one and a two option, it's, it's one and 1A with yeah. uh, Matt Asplund and Dawson Lawrence.
1: Yeah, I I never covered Matt uh, last season. I know, I think both of you guys did it at uh, different points, but, you know, Dawson, uh, Lawrence comes from Ridgefield, transferred in, and that's someone who, uh, you know, those are two guys with great quarterback size, Uh, Dawson's like 6'2", or 6'3", Matt is like 6'4", both have you know really solid arms and uh, they're both seniors too and so you know Christian Swain at the beginning of the summer was uh, very adamant and saying like you know these guys are gonna trade snaps and you know they're they're going to uh, really battle for this and you know come the on the eve of week one he basically you know talking to him last Friday at their scrimmage he couldn't he couldn't just decide I mean he said I I'm not going to shortchange a senior. Both of them have uh, played like they earned the starting spot, and not one of them has distanced themselves. So that should be a, an interesting storyline, an interesting dynamic, um, and certainly an embarrassment of riches at quarterback.
0: Well, and it'll be interesting to see if they tend to use one or the other as situations demand, if one is the quarterback in a goal line situation or maybe if one is, is a, a quarterback based on the down and distance at any certain point in the game, it, uh, or if they – split reps basically evenly. But that'll be one of the questions that I think will be answered uh, pretty soon after the season gets going. Well, it's not just the games that we cover uh, for, for high school football here. Uh, uh, we already have a few interesting features in the works, one of which is going to be in tomorrow's paper. Uh, Andy, why don't you tell us about something really interesting that the Seton Catholic football program is doing?
1: Yeah, so Seton Catholic um, and and uh, their head coach Will Ephraim have uh, have s- signed on to a partnership with um, a company called uh, Athlete Intelligence, based out of Kirkland, Washington, in the Seattle area. Um, and they have bought a uh, chip about the size of a like a flash drive that tapes inside of your helmet, and it's for each player. And they uh, it's called the Q-System or Q-Sensor, and uh, it measures uh, impact on kids uh, throughout practices, uh, throughout games. The WIA allows uh, players to play with them uh, in games, and it basically, it serves two purposes. Uh, one, it gives coaches and trainers uh, through, you know, via Bluetooth um, to an iPad on the sidelines it gives them reads on individual plays throughout the game, live reads, so um, so coaches can see, okay, so, uh, you know, there was this big hit here, uh, let, let's go to the, let's go and see what, you know, it registers on an impact scale and it's scored, and so basically they see that, like, but somewhere between a 70 and a 90 score is uh, where you would start to uh, worry about a concussion and send a guy over to a trainer. Um, so that's the the first function. The second function is um, all of these players are given these profiles through Athlete Intelligence, and the, uh, all this data from practice, from games, is tracked throughout the season. And so this is a three-year deal. So the the goal is after three years, Coach Ephraim hopes to have gotten enough data. And uh, been given enough kind of analysis from Athlete Intelligence that he can basically create the smartest practice um, geared toward playing the most physical, the most physical possible. So, the, how can they hit the hardest uh, while uh, sustaining the least amount of head trauma? Yeah,
0: basically. because it really. Ties into a very critical issue in football right now—the you know the the awareness of concussions and what can we do to keep players safe. And so it sounds like Seton is is really taking these issues seriously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they you know the kids are uh, aware of the headlines and the and the bad press and. Um, the dangers of, of football when it comes to head injuries. Um, that's not something that is lost on, uh, I think, your, your average high school football player. Uh, the, the kids I talked to for this story um, had a really interesting perspective in saying, like, you know, there's two, these are two guys, uh, Mikey Silveira and Taj Muhammad, who uh, are, see a lot of action on both sides of the ball and are very valuable to a team that has less than 30 kids. Um, and so they're saying, you know I, I can go out there and feel more confident and uh, I can feel better that there's this kind of net um, a safety net knowing that um, you know if I do get my bell rung and say a coach doesn't pick it up well this cue sensor in theory would pick it up they had some issues last week they went down last Friday to Philomath for a jamboree uh, down in Oregon um, and oh, <laughs> I think uh, Coach Ephraim was saying that some of his players might have forgotten to charge them, and so only four of them ended up working out of the whole team. But um, the idea, uh, you know, from a coach's standpoint, too, of not having to, or at least having kind of a safety net to uh, not necessarily worry as much about uh, forgetting or not seeing, not noticing, kind of hit after hit after hit. Um, Will cited a guy uh, two years ago, who one of their linebackers who um, was having, as he put it, a great game uh, on, on defense. And at halftime, a couple players came up to him and said, you know, coach, um, he's not acting right. And, you know, after consulting him, it's like, okay, you're out, um, clearly something happened. And they went, after the game, back to the film, he had sustained a, a hard hit to the head on the first series of the game. And he continued throughout the game to kind of have hit after hit after hit and compounded. Well, he ended up missing the rest of that season. Wow. And wow. so that's just kind of the prime example of, of something that you know, Coach Ephraim can look at and say, well, if we would have had a working, this working cue sensor in his helmet, that would have got caught right away.
0: You know it's the players that that play a key role in making the game what it is but it's also that the, there's uh figures beyond uh the uh the sidelines that uh, that really uh, make the game interesting Meg you, you profile a gentleman with the uh, union football program for uh, for Friday's uh, feature why don't you tell us a little bit about him
2: yeah he's not a head coach but I think his name will um, be very familiar to to readers and listeners mark Rigo longtime um, assistant coach in Evergreen public Schools he begins his 28th year. Uh, in his 12th year with Union, um, he started out uh, as a volunteer under Coach Eagle back in 1989 at Evergreen. So he's an Evergreen grad, and one of the interesting things about him is um, he is uh, recently a cancer survivor. Um, he had stage 3 tongue cancer diagnosed um, just before spring break. Um, he estimates he had uh, about 30% of his tongue removed Um because of a, a tumor that he actually went in um, not knowing that there was anything wrong. He went in for um, a tongue ulcer that wasn't initially healing, and during those exams, uh, screenings, and biopsies, they actually found a tumor further back in his tongue. And so he kind of um, really relies on his faith for kind of getting him through, and he relied a lot on, on his football family. You know, he really prided himself um, being the offensive line coach at, at Union, and, and it's just really an inspirational story, so be sure to read
0: yeah, I imagine uh, when a coach can take a, a real-life situation and turn it into a teachable moment for those kids, the, the, you know, the, that's something a 16-, 17-, or 18-year-old really can be impacted by.
2: Absolutely, and that's one of the things he's really um, striving for, especially this year more than I think any of the other years, and talking with a couple players, they're like, absolutely, this is why we get up every day to play for him, is a guy like that.
0: Wow well it'll be an exciting season it all starts this Friday you know we'll be out there you can follow us on uh, columbian.com and uh, on uh, Twitter on Instagram 360 preps but um, before we go uh, let's take a a quick look back at uh, we we put together our annual high school fall sports preview special section 44 pages um, and for me, the, the, this is something that I think is really important that we do at the sports section as far as uh, setting the tone for our coverage uh, all season. Uh, this, In addition to tackling a, an issue like uh, college recruiting with Darien Chase and, and Sawyer Racinelli, we uh, profile each team uh, for, for each league in, in the Southwest Washington football community down here. And we also take a look at each sport, whether it be volleyball, girls soccer, uh, cross country, boys golf, girls swimming, or boys tennis. So uh, it, it's going to be a lot to cover this year, but uh, I, I think it's uh, it's one of the most exciting times of the season as we get going here.
2: Definitely fall sports is my favorite. Uh, I know football, a lot of people ask me what your favorite sport is to cover. and. Football is is something special. It's it's not a game for me. It's an event. It's a once once a week deal. And uh, there's something special about uh, going out to high school football games every Friday.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> should, should be fun. For me, it, it it's kind of like a, it's almost like the feeling you get with uh, spring, but in the fall. It, it's a sense of renewal. It's a it's a fresh start. It's knowing that the next nine months are going to be. Uh, kind of a a whirlwind and uh we're gonna go from you know covering a a football game on a friday night to out at a cross-country meet on a tuesday to a, a volleyball match on a thursday and and a few interviews and soccer games and tennis matches uh, in between and and so uh yeah it, it's part of what makes this job fun and i am glad that uh we're we're able to have a crew here that really enjoys it and and we're uh that that we're stocked and, and ready to go uh you know some news over the the summer from other newspapers around the state uh, have cut back their sports staffs uh, basically on on orders of uh their corporate ownership but i'm just really thankful that we have a, a, a independent local owner that sees the value in local sports coverage because really we're about having a, com- a conversation with our community and best place to have a, a conversation with that community is sometimes at the football stadium or at on the sidelines of the soccer field absolutely well said. yeah
1: we owe it to you know not only the community but the those papers that don't you know, have the staff that we do to kind of do as much as we can
0: yeah well we we thank you for joining us for for another year it's going to be an exciting one follow us uh, on uh, social media at 360 preps on twitter 360 preps on instagram uh, we have a 360 preps facebook page as well that you can uh Follow us with, but uh, and you can always read our, our stories on uh, Columbian.com or 360preps.com. We'll see you on Friday. Come say hi on the sidelines. See ya. <laughs>